Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our podcast for the sake of the child. This is Tara Gleason, the producer of the podcast. And today we're talking to Meg Flanagan. She is the author of Talk to the Teacher. She also is a parent coach for student success. So thank you so much, Meg, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. So, Meg, I have been following you for probably about a year now, and I've participated in several of your trainings online, and I've learned a great deal throughout those trainings. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about is gifted children. I feel like this is one of those underserviced populations when it comes to military kids, and that is something as I was taking some of your trainings and looking through some of your resources that stuck out to me and something I felt like you could really share with our listeners, some of the knowledge that you've gleaned over the years when it comes to gifted children or even twice exceptional children. Absolutely. Yeah, gifted children, um, especially for military families, because we're highly mobile, there tend to be a lot of places for our gifted kiddos and our twice exceptional kiddos to kind of fall through those cracks, the proverbial cracks in education and, you know, be misplaced in an academic setting or just not get services at all. So what would you advise families who are transitioning with a student who's identified as gifted? What are some tips that you might offer to them or what are some resources that are out there for them? My first recommendation is always that you document every single thing. And this goes for any military family, any family at all, is just having oodles and oodles and oodles of documentation. We're talking, especially for gifted children, you know, test scores, letters of recommendation from their current gifted education teachers, letters from the principal detailing their current placement and the rationale for it the qualifications that your child met in order to be placed in their current gifted program, the current gifted program standards and formatting and what all is happening in there. And if they have a gifted education plan, a gifted individual education plan, sometimes called a GIEP, this is super important to have on hand too because it goes into a lot of detail about your child's particular special education programming, the rationale for it, and what your child needs to succeed at their level in school. This is one of the first times that we've been talking about a GIEP. What is what is that exactly? Like, is that consistent throughout the nation? Is that state specific? Can you tell us a little bit more about the GIEP? Absolutely. The GIEP is not nationwide. So unfortunately, gifted education is not currently protected at a federal level. So for children with an IEP, commonly referred to as special education, these kids are protected by the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, the IDEA law. This sets out very loose standards about how kids are identified and placed in an educational setting in order to best serve their needs. Most states seem to 
apply this to children that are behind the curve. They are not meeting typical developmental standards in one way or another. However, some states have expanded their understanding of IDEA to include children that are operating ahead of the curve, are commonly referred to as gifted and talented kids. And so in some states, they have started doing a gifted individual education program. In those states, a GIEP operates exactly like an IEP. It outlines the child's qualifications, the programs that they're receiving, the modifications and accommodations to the general curriculum that are being put in place, and how these are carried out during the day. It, it covers all the bases. However, if you're, you are moving out of a state with a GIEP format, your plan does not necessarily translate directly to the next state. So if you are moving from state A and it has a GIEP uh, format to state B and they do not have GIEPs, your placement can continue as a gifted child. However, the exact programming may be different, the supports may be different, the opportunities, if there are associated therapies, speech therapy, pragmatic language, those types of things that are being included with the GIEP, those may not carry over simply because gifted and talented kids aren't currently protected by federal law. So you don't, states are kind of left on their own to determine how they would like to address gifted education. And I think that's what causes a lot of confusion among families is when they move from one place to another, they expect to have the same exact program and services that might have been, they might have been getting in a previous state. And now the new state is maybe not accepting some of the paperwork that's transferring from another location. So in some locations, you might have to retest your kids. We've heard of parents really worried that their kids are going to be quote unquote ungifted. So in some states, the qualifications for gifted education is vastly different from qualifications in another state. What have you heard when it comes to transferring gifted education basically the services when it comes to gifted education. Right, so this is definitely somewhere where it's confusing not only for parents, but also sometimes for schools, because as we know, not every school has a high military child population. So if you're living you know, farther away from base or in a remote duty station, maybe you're doing recruiting duty or INI duty, your child might be one of a small handful of military kids. So if the school district is not super familiar, now is the time to educate them on the Military Interstate Child Compact Commission, MIC3. This compact, as um, I'm sure many of you know, protects your kids and allows them to transfer their educational placement and programming state to state. However, there is a small caveat. And in terms of gifted kids, it can be a big caveat. The, the MIC3 allows you to move your child and retain their gifted criteria, qualification, placement in the gifted program. However, big however, it does allow each individual new school, new district, new placement to retest your child according to their criteria. So you can move from place A to place B and your child will retain their gifted credentials unless or until they no longer qualify based on that second location's criteria. What this can mean for gifted children is that, you're right, they could suddenly become quote unquote ungifted. 
And it doesn't really mean that they're not gifted. It just means that they no longer meet the criteria at their current location. There are a couple of options for parents to fight this. They can work with the school liaison officer at their duty station. They can try and negotiate with the school on their own. They can supplement at home with their own, or they can work with someone like me who is a parent coach and education advocate, and I can go in and talk to the school on your behalf and try and convince them that your child should remain in the gifted program. The good news is that a lot of schools will kind of let military kids skate around the margin. So if they're pretty close, but not entirely at the level, and there is kind of that wiggle room of space in terms of um, how many children are already qualified as gifted in the district or in this particular grade level or in this classroom, they might be able to provide your child with some services. They might also have a tiered gifted program where there are different levels of opportunities and engagement for children who are high achieving but not quite gifted according to the school standards. So they'll still be getting additional enrichment and expansion opportunities, but not necessarily being pulled out for gifted education. So you mentioned a little bit, you mentioned the word advocate. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about what is an educational advocate and, and what they can do for military families and circumstances dealing with schools. And also what is an educational consultant and what's the difference? Great question. This is something I get asked a lot. Um, it seems kind of counterintuitive. As a parent, I know as, as a parent myself and a teacher, I feel like I should be able to go to the school and have a, a frank conversation with them and, and lay out what my kid needs and why. But finding the right words is often really challenging. Sometimes schools try and convince parents to go a certain route because it's what's most expedient for the school or it's the program that they already have in place. And so a lot of parents, especially in special education and gifted education, when your child is not meeting those typical markers, let's say, it can be really intimidating to go to the school. I've had parents tell me that they felt like they were crazy for requesting a certain program or a certain opportunity, a certain support for their child in the classroom. And that's where an advocate comes in. So as an advocate, I help parents find the right words. And sometimes I will provide those words for them. Sometimes I will talk to the school on their behalf, go to meetings with them. So if you are meeting with your child's school about the GIEP and IEP, a 504 plan, I'll go and sit beside of you and be your support, be your voice, share your concerns in language that the school understands and serve as kind of a moderating influence. I know that for myself, I get kind of like a mama bear when I feel like someone is potentially harming my kids. And for a family that has been fighting a long time to get the correct services or placement or supports for their child, it can be extra emotional. And so having a neutral third party there to act as your voice, to kind of provide the structure and the calm at the meetings is super, super useful. And that's what an advocate does. So I communicate with the school, I attend meetings, and I'll do behind the scenes planning work, like reviewing documents and data, providing you a written analysis, creating a drafted plan of your child's ideal IEP or GIEP, creating meeting scripts for you to follow, creating talking points, preparing those emails for you to just hit send on. Um, and that's what an advocate does. It's kind of more of a hands-on, 
with you beside you all the time to kind of a person. On the other hand, a consultant or a coach is more of a trainer, more of the teaching role. So instead of being at the meetings with you, I would be guiding you on how to present yourself, how to present your case, what to say. And I wouldn't be sitting beside of you, but then after your meeting, we could debrief and talk about what went well and what went poorly and what we can change for next time, how we can recover from this, creating more of strategies and systems and solutions as opposed to being right on the front lines. Thank you so much. I mean, I know up till this point, I really didn't know that there was a difference or or what each of those roles could play in and how it could help families. What other people are available to help in the event? I know that you mentioned the school liaison. We know that there's three commissioners per state. Each state in the United States has a commissioner plus DODIA schools. And then we have the advocate and the consultant as well. Would you have any other recommendation out outside of those types of supports for military families? Yes, actually. So you can talk to the slow. The school liaison officer is a really great starting place for finding great resources, helping with the transfer process, helping with, you know, getting to know the school, making a connection with the school at first. But it's, it's important to remember that the slow is serving everyone at that base. And so they're, they of course, put all of their time and effort into helping families. But I do want to you know, caution parents that if you do need kind of the hand-holding, the one-on-one, the consistent, the consistent day-to-day help, SLOW is a great place to start. But don't, don't hesitate to go beyond that, to contact you know, the MIC-3 commissioner. Um, they can help you to find like the legislation, the legislation and understand how the compact applies in your state, the next steps of who to contact. EFMP also provides some resources to help, but again, they're serving everyone in that location. There are also um, parent education centers in every single state. Um, sometimes there are several in each state, and they should maintain clearinghouse information or clearinghouse style information, rather, of local advocates and organizations where you might be able to find low cost or even free help. Lots of private consultants like myself do lists with the state education parent centers just as a way of, you know, saying that we're out here and this is what we do and to contact us. So every single state should have one of those. The parent education centers also can provide state-specific special education trainings, resources, documents, all sorts of great information. So don't hesitate to go beyond the included resources in the military community to seek out resources that are specific to your state or even go beyond that and find a private practitioner to help guide you. How can people find you if they wanted to learn more information about some of your trainings? I myself went through your PCS challenge last year. We moved PCS last summer. So in preparation for that, I took your PCS challenge and I I learned a great deal and it's just I think it's a great way of people coming together sort of as a community to learn better ways and more effective ways to navigate the military challenges that come along with this kind of lifestyle. So how can people find you? You can find me at megflanagan.com. And on my website, you'll find all of the blog posts I've written. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you just type in Meg Flanagan Education on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, you'll find me there. And on Twitter, it's Meg Flanagan Ed, Meg Flanagan Ed. And those are all the ways that you can connect to me. If you would like more personal information 
for a answer to a question, you can contact me at millkidsed, M-I-L-K-I-D-S-E-D, at gmail.com. So what do you have coming up this spring? Do you have anything in the mix? I know uh, we talked, we didn't talk yet about the fact that you have a book called Talk to the Teacher, which is how I actually first came upon even knowing about you. And what I like about this book is it's a very positive approach to parents being able to communicate with the school and partner with the school and teachers. It offers scripts, it offers email templates, and really parents could just pick that book up and turn to the the page that they need and directly just communicate with the teacher in a really positive way. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So I wrote Talk to the Teacher, I guess about two years ago now, because I was I was getting a lot of questions about, well, this is my situation. How do I say this? Or I, I want to address a homework concern. I was realizing I was getting a lot of the same questions over and over and over again. I thought, man, wouldn't it be helpful if you know, mom and dad could just turn to a page and say, oh, I have a question about math homework. This is the exact email I need to send to the teacher. And I was, it was also born out of a personal need of, as a teacher, getting unproductive emails from parents of, you know, uh, parents just do, being very blunt to the point of uh, almost aggressive, just very much like you didn't teach this. Well, actually, I did teach it. Um, so I wanted to find a way, a positive way for parents to phrase things so that teachers would listen and respond to their actual concerns instead of feeling, you know, set back on their heels of, no, I, I did teach that. Your child just stepped out of the room or wasn't listening, forgot to write it down. So talk to the teacher is meeting scripts that you can literally just take into a meeting. So anything from like a basic parent-teacher conference that we all go to where you're just getting the quick and dirty rundown of, of how your child's doing to a more personal meeting of like say your child is experiencing bullying or is having some academic or behavior concerns in school. Very specific drill down. And every meeting script has a list of possible like plug-and-play phrases and situations that you are wordings that you might want to use in that particular meeting depending on how it's going what your child's specific needs are and everything is super customizable inside of the meeting scripts there's also email templates so you can literally take the email template and just pop your child's name and pop the teacher's name in maybe choose from a selection of words to tailor the email more to your specific child's needs and then hit send. It's incredibly easy and simple to use. The parents that I've been hearing from that have been using it very consistently are telling me that they have never had a better relationship with their child's teacher than since they started using talk to the teacher scripts and email templates. It just makes it super easy and helps create a positive professional tone so that you, the parent and the child's teacher can work together more effectively to support your child's educational needs. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with our listeners more about some of the resources that you provide and definitely sharing more knowledge with us about gifted education and what parents can do to help advocate for their children when they need an extra person on their team. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 
Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.